Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. So, before we get started in today's podcast, I want to announce a few things, um, just so people are aware of it. Um, so, at some point soon, within the next few months, I am going to be starting a merch line. And, um, the reason I'm gonna start a merch line is, number one, I've been at this podcast thing since my junior year of high school, and we're in my sophomore year of, um, college, and of course, including the, uh, the gap year, so I've been doing this around five years, right? I've been doing this podcast thing for a good amount of time now, and five years of podcasting I was like, you know, we need to do something, right? I mean, obviously, I have my Patreon page where I wanted to put my commentaries up uh, for uh, a fee for each creation, but I'm still waiting on doing that because, obviously, like, I want more people to subscribe to that. But the reason I said let's make a merch line is because, number one, a merch line is a lot more passive than Patreon. You just create your design, you put it onto some merch, or you design, you know, hats or whatever, and then you let people buy your stuff. And it's very passive, it doesn't really require you to keep updating it like it does with Patreon. So I think for Patreon, I want to wait for a bigger audience, but I figured I'd make a merch line so that way people who have been listening to the podcast for, you know, a long time can, you know, go on there and you know, have some PC Boys merch, right, um, the prices on things are not gonna be super crazy, um, I, of course, once I launch that, uh, store, I will let you guys know, obviously, I'll put it up on the Instagram, the Discord, and, you know, everything, but at the end of the day, I figured I'd let you guys know that I'm in development of creating merch. The main thing is I gotta buy, uh, the license to the logo that I currently have, which, as you probably noticed, I changed my logo, and, uh, for the longest time, I was using a logo, which uh, I created through an eSports logo, um, at Maker, and for the longest time, that's what my logo had been, but I decided to go online and make one. Right now, I'm just using the free, lower pixelated version, uh, until I get some money to buy my licensed, um, uh, picture and, and logo, and once I get my logo bought and the license owned, I can then put it on merch and then sell the merch. It's all a legal thing, right? You can't just be, you know, putting pictures and stuff that are not owned by you. So that's what I'm, uh, doing. I decided to make the picture a little interesting. You know, you got the werewolf with, the, like, the Spider-Man logo on, on his chest, and then he's holding a controller, and he's holding a microphone. Um, and I was like, well, obviously I'm a Marvel fan, I'm a Spider-Man fan, I I also talk about video games on the podcast, and the the reason I just decided to have it be a werewolf was because I fucking love werewolves, and I said, fuck it, you know, I'm gonna make my own creative, um, you know, logo, and and that's what I went with. I know, it probably looks a little bland, a little, um, I guess you could say, like, by the book, kind of, you know, something simple, but I'm not trying to make, like, some super over-the-top crazy logo, like, it's just something you look at. To be like, oh, this is what I define this brand with, kind of thing. So I thought I would let you guys know about that. Obviously, follow our Instagram PC Boys podcast and go to our Discord through the link on that um, 
page as well if you want to be a part of the Discord. And if not, hey, don't have to join it. It's just more of an interactive way for me to talk with the community. But with all of that being said, and those announcements made, let's talk about today's topic. And today's topic is Daredevil in the MCU and what I'm expecting of the character and what I'm hoping for. So, we all know that She-Hulk is around the corner. I believe it comes out like the 16th or 17th of this month. And by that point, obviously, um, you know, we'll be close to uh, beginning our sophomore year of college. And I'm excited to see Daredevil in that, but we also know that this isn't going to be the same, like, you know, gritty, dark Daredevil that we're used to seeing. This is going to be a much more upbeat kind of story, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, I don't hate, you know, the idea of a more upbeat Daredevil. I mean, there's so many comic books that you can look at, um... But at the end of the day, I understand why there's a lot of people that are upset about this situation because obviously me and everybody can agree that the Daredevil Netflix series is one of the best things to ever be in the MCU. But at the same time, I think if Daredevil is constantly like always down and sad, it's, you know, it's going to get to a point where it's like, well, is it like with Thor, right? Where now he's a running joke all the time. If Daredevil isn't seeming like there's any progression to his character, it's going to make his character less enjoyable. So I think that when you include Daredevil in things like, you know, other movies like with Spider-Man or like with, um... You know, She-Hulk and stuff, right? Like, it's okay to make Daredevil upbeat, um, or at least a little bit happier in tone when he's in other projects, but I think his own projects should be dark and gritty. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Daredevil in the MCU, you can have a nice contrast between the dark and grittiness of his own show, but then at the same time, have a lighter aspect to him when he appears in other MCU projects. That's how I would go about it anyways, because obviously if you make Daredevil series lighten up B, it's, it's gonna be odd, right, um, to see that, and when they say, you know, like, uh, B, it doesn't mean that necessarily they're gonna get rid of all of, like, the dark stuff, right, Um, I will say, though, you know, one thing I do want out of the Daredevil series in and of itself is it to have a dark, um, you know, overall tone and feel because that's what made the original three seasons of Daredevil absolutely amazing is the fact that they use that dark tone. And in my opinion, it made me more engaged because of that, right? Because one problem I have with the MCU, and I've always had with the MCU, is how upbeat and how light it is, right? There are very few projects in the MCU that actually make me feel something. Falcon and Winter Soldier is is one of those few projects, because Falcon and Winter Soldier was a more darker... Uh, movie than you would expect in the MCU, like, if you compare it side-by-side with other MCU movies, like, um, you know, The Winter Soldier is one of those movies where it's like, oh, shit, like, this is dark, this is on the darker side of things, and I like that, personally, I think that the MCU should not be afraid to have dark projects, And when it comes to Daredevil, especially with Daredevil, don't be afraid to make Daredevil dark, but give him light moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, make it feel like his character has, 
you know, really gone through an arc over the period of time that we haven't seen his character much, right? Um, but when it comes down to it, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with Daredevil. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these people where I'm like, oh, it's the MCU, you know, so it's probably gonna suck, or, oh, it's the MCU, so it's probably gonna be great. I like to look at every MCU project nowadays with a hopeful intention, but keeping my expectations realistic, because if we take a look at the MCU, the MCU is a former shell of what it used to be, right? I personally feel like the MCU is past its glory days, and most projects that have come out from the MCU are meh or underdeveloped. The only movie I could say that, like in Phase 4 anyways, or show that was really good, was Moon Knight and No Way Home, and that's about it. Everything else, in my opinion, was very subpar to what I was expecting, you know, after Endgame, a lot of things have gone downhill. Like, No Way Home, the reason that movie did so well is because of the way that they utilize the villains and, and their cameos, right? Like, they utilize it in a way to help the plot. I mean, rather I actually like the plot or not doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just how they actually implemented everything, right? So... You know, it's an enjoyable film, but then when you look at something like Daredevil, if you're gonna do Daredevil, you need to keep something familiar, obviously, so the old fan base that loved the Netflix show still love it, but introduce something new. Find a good contrast between the two. But the problem with the MCU lately is everything is a joke and upbeat. And to me, I don't understand why the MCU is going this route of making everything so, like, lighthearted. For me, like, I personally am someone that is invested in darker stories among the Marvel comics, among most Marvel media. I prefer stuff that is darker in tone. Now, that's a personal thing for me, right? Like, obviously, not everybody watches an MCU movie wanting a darker tone, but for me, even with Spider-Man, I want it to be darker. Like, I expect Spider-Man to be light and upbeat, but I would like darker stories. Like, he can still be quipping and stuff and, you know, still be upbeat, but give him some adversity and some villains that are really twisted. He's got plenty in a rogues gallery. Same thing with Daredevil. Like, I want there to be a dark Daredevil. I mean, it's okay to, you know, spit some jokes here and there, you know. But at overall, like, something like Daredevil, I, I, I really enjoy the darker nature of that. And like I said, everybody, you know, they have their own opinion, their own wants for a show or a movie. And for me, I think the darker that the MCU goes, the better for the MCU. Be because if you tap into the darker side, you can do much more than you can with a PG-13 rating for kids. Like, Dare, uh, or excuse me, uh, Deadpool, right? Take Deadpool, for instance. Deadpool, in my opinion, is not really dark. It's over the top. It's funny. And even though, yeah, there's gore and stuff in it, the way that they play it off, it's always a joke, right? 
So just because there's blood and gore does not mean something is dark. Dark, it's all about tone. It's all about characters, the motives, the world itself. Like, there's so many things that make things dark. Take Captain America the Winter Soldier, like I said earlier. It's a PG-13 movie, but it still feels dark. Especially compare, you know, you know, compared to the rest of the MCU. I prefer the more serious tone Marvel movies. I'm not a fan of Thor Ragnarok. I'm not a fan of the way that they went about Thor Love and Thunder. That's not the kind of Marvel that I like, you know? I like the darker side of things. I like, you know, the Logans. I like Daredevil. I like, you know, even what they did with No Way Home because, you know, at least the second half of that movie was a darker tone movie and it was still a PG-13 movie, but it was darker in tone, and that's the thing that I like. I like something that's able to grip you and, you know, be interesting. Like, I, okay, so Alita Battle Angel. I know we're not talking about Marvel right now in this current second, but I want to use this as an example. Alita Battle Angel, at least a live-action movie, is a PG-13 movie. But with what they deal with in that movie... It's a dark world. The manga, the anime, you know, well, the few episode anime, like, everything about Alita is supposed to be dark. They made it a PG-13 movie, and they didn't sacrifice the darkness of the world that Alita, you know, resides in. Like, it's, it's filled with criminals, it's filled with junkies and trash, and, you know, it's very brutal, it's literally a movie that doesn't sacrifice what the manga built. And that's what I really enjoyed about Alita, right? It was a, it was a darker tone PG-13 movie, but it, the drama and everything that happened in the movie, the action, everything, you know, kept you invested. I still fucking think that Disney should make a sequel to that movie. The day that that gets announced is gonna be one of the happiest fucking days of my life. But anyways, um, yeah, no. So, when it comes down to it, Daredevil, what I want is for them to have, yes, a lighter tone Daredevil, but I want them to keep the darker tone at the same time. Give us a good mixture of the two. And, you know, what do I expect? Well, out of She-Hulk, I don't expect anything dark out of Daredevil. In terms of Echo, I expect them to be a lot more serious with Daredevil. I, I expect it. And then, uh, of course, I, in his own series, I expect them to be, you know, very, um, you know, um, I expect them to be very conscious of being darker and more serious in his own show, for obvious reasons. Um, but with that being said... That's my thoughts on the Daredevil situation. Now, let's also talk about um, another thing that I've been wanting to talk about, which is Alita Battle Angel, and its potential sequel that could be made if they were to make one, right? Because, for those of you that haven't watched Alita Battle Angel, it is one of the most faithful adaptations to the manga, while still being different. And, you know, I don't think I've ever watched a movie quite like Alita Battle Angel. I really can't say I've watched a movie like it, because when I watched this movie, I picked it up at Walmart on a whim, okay? I was like, you know... 
I heard some stuff about this movie. Like, Alita Battle Angel is a movie I saw some ads for. And, you know, there were some rumblings about it online, about it being a good movie and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to give it a watch. I'm, you know, and we're back in, like, 2018, I think, when this movie came out. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give it a watch. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to see what this shit's about. And my gosh, was I surprised at how great the movie was. And the movie went on to inspire me to buy the original Alita Battle Angel box set, the deluxe box set, with all of the original issues, um, and obviously they're all special editions, so they have, like, you know, the writer notes in there, and, and some lore on the world, and whatnot, and... Then I, of course, uh, on eBay, I managed to find the Alita Battle Angel, um anime, and there was only two episodes for the anime before it was inevitably canceled, but I said, well, shit, I want to get that, so I bought the anime, I have it on DVD, and yeah, I became a big Alita fan ever since, um, the movie, and, you know, they set it up for a sequel, they really did, at the end of the movie, essentially, if you've watched it, if you haven't, spoilers, so, Alita's in the motorball arena. She enters it with her new motorball body, which in, um, in the, uh, manga, I don't remember exactly which volume it was that it was introduced. I, hold on, I could probably pull out the book here and, and tell you which one it was introduced in. Um, but anyway, so, she comes out in her classic motorball body with her, um, um, sword, and she looks up to the sky city, Zalem, she points her sword up towards Nova, who's sitting up there watching her, and it zooms in, and, uh, you know, Nova takes off his glasses, looks back down at her, and then it zooms in on her eyes, and then the credits proceed to roll. Now, I gotta tell you one thing about this, okay? It was one of those things where it's like, okay, we're setting up a sequel, but the reason that this was interesting is, if you've read the Alita mangas, um, Desi Nova's not in Zalem. He's, like, out in the Badlands. So, I found it interesting when Nova actually became, like, you know, a, a main focus. Because I was like, oh shit, that's, you know, really interesting. But still... So, I'm trying to figure out exactly what volume it is. It says part four, or excuse me, part three in the beginning. And then it says fight 12, which I'm guessing is a ch is the chapters and how they go about it. I was always a little confused on how, like, the vol how they do, like, the volumes and stuff. But, yeah, so it's part three. And my guess is that it is chapter 12. So... Yeah, but anyway, so part three, it's in the second volume um, of the deluxe edition. It says volume two, but then again, you know, the way that they do the volumes, like, at least in Marvel Comics sometimes, like, you'll look at it, it'll say, like, it's volume one, but then on the inside, it'll be like, oh, volume so-and-so. It's like, well, now I'm fucking confused. But yeah, no, so when it comes down to the, um, the storyline, what they could have done in the second Alita movie is... They literally could have combined her doing, um, motorball, and, you know, obviously at the end, set it up to where 
the uh, final um, or the third volume picks up. And that's the thing. Like, the first movie was the first entire volume into the second volume, right? And that's how they played it. So if you realistically think of how they could do the Alita movies, they could make five Alita movies, at least if we're talking about basing it on the original uh, mangas by Yakito Kishiro. But if they wanted to go beyond that, they could do the, you know, um, is it Last Stand? Is that, is that what the fuck they call it? Or, no, Last, Last Order? Last Order. Elite Battle Angel, Last Order. So, for me, it's like, you know, you, okay, so you set up her being a motorball champion, right? And they even in the first movie set up a hint towards the motorball champion himself. They even showed him, um, which they obviously could have used him as a big player in the second movie, which I don't think that they just showed the motorball champion for no reason. I think that they deliberately set that up for a sequel. And, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I want to see Alita do motorball and, you know, rise her ranks, you know, or rise her way throughout the ranks. And... The thing is, though, will we get to see that if they make a sequel? I would hope so. I would hope that they would continue just, you know, right where they left off and, and continue that motorball journey of that whole second volume. But the problem is, of course, with the whole Lead of Battle Angel sequel is that will it ever actually happen? Well, that's up to Disney. And if Disney looks at it and says, well, it wasn't profitable enough, we're not going to, or they could make a series on Disney+, Plus. they could do that too. They could make an Elite Battle Angel Disney Plus series, but I would prefer them to do a movie because, in my opinion, Elite Battle Angel deserves a fucking sequel. Uh, deserves a follow-up. Um, now, the only question I guess I would have about the sequel is, what are we doing with Destiny Nova? Because... As I stated earlier, in the manga, he's not even in Zalem. Like, he once was in Zalem, but he's no longer in Zalem. Like, he lives in the Badlands. So what are you going to do with him? Like, now that he lives in Zalem, like, how are you going to... How are you going to make that work, you know? Because if he's not in Zalem, and now he is in Zalem, like... Does that change the whole, you know, Alita being essentially, like, um, an agent for Zalem in the later volumes? You know, tracking down Destinova and whatnot, like... It, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna go about that. And then they also introduced the Erm Technarchy, right? And, th and that's another thing that they also did. We know in the manga that there was a war between Earth and Mars, it's briefly mentioned, but there's, like, there's no, I guess you could say, th there's nothing that implies that Alita herself was a part of that war, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, like you know how the movie has the flashbacks to her in the Erm Technarchy? Well, in the manga, there was none of that. Like, like I said, they added some stuff into the Alita movie. Like, they stayed true to the manga, but they added some stuff in there. Which makes me wonder, okay, so how are, like, how are you gonna go about a sequel? Because you're leading it into the sequel a lot like the manga, where when it comes to her being a motorball champion, you've even set up the champion himself in the movie, um, 
And, you know, but the thing is, like, we got a few plot points that don't make sense. Like, Alita's a part of the Erm Tetanarchy from Mars, taking place in the fall, okay? Then we also have the fact that Destinova is, you know, in Zolom, and he wasn't in Zolom, or the Sky City, or how whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, he wasn't there in the manga. So it's like, okay, so how, how are we doing these sequels? Because obviously they're trying to go by the manga, but they're adding their own story in there. Which, don't get me wrong, I think it could be interesting... But the execution of it now becomes harder because the more sequels you make, or if you plan on making like five sequels for the five volumes, now some of that stuff from the manga doesn't make sense if you're do if you're to do a live action. Unless they're gonna show Desti Nova getting kicked out of Zalem or something within that second movie, which I mean they could do. They could do that. But I don't understand what they're, like, how they're gonna go about it. You know what I'm saying? And another thing, too, Desi Nova's, like, a scientist. Like, he does some fucked up experiments. In the movie, we don't see that. All that we know is that the Erm Tetanarchy from Mars are after Zolom and they're after Desi Nova. Because he's the head honcho. But we don't know why. You know? Like, it is implied at the end of the movie that Destinova uses human body parts and stuff for experiments, but they they don't explain some things well, to the point where I'm, like, I can't figure out where they were trying to go with it in the sequel, you know? I'm still excited for a potential sequel, but you have to do a lot right. Because now that I have read the Alita mangas, now that I've watched the anime, like, now that I'm a full-fledged Alita fan, like, now I'm really gonna be looking at your movies in a much more critical way, because in Marvel, right, we've expected that Marvel is not doing comic book storylines straight up out of the book, right? There's a lot of changes, like, they might take a name, or they might, like, Secret Wars, for instance, right? But we don't know what kind of fucking spin they're gonna put on it, you know? So, with Alita, though, like, they started off the whole movie, and they're like, okay, we're going by the manga. Now that you're set straight on the manga, and like how, you know, the book-to-movie thing goes, right? If you set it directly in place with the book, once you start to stray too far away from it, people are going to give you shit. Because if you look at the first Divergent movie, the first Hunger Game movie, the first Alita movie... If they ever to make a sequel to it, they are going pretty much based on the book, right? Pretty much beat for beat from the book with some minor changes. But at the end of the day, if you start to fucking go way off the rails, people are going to they're going to see that shit and they're going to be like, OK, no, 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 that's not right. Where Marvel took a very different approach. They didn't do like a direct off the you know, comic book storylines. They decided to maybe take a name of a storyline or something and do their own thing with it with the characters, which is smart because trying to convey comic books directly from the page to the screen as they were written in the comic books would get very confusing very quickly. So, yeah, Marvel did the best that they could. The, the way that you deal with mangas and comic books are a little bit different. Because mangas tend to be, like, a very long continuation of one story and universe. Comic books have the multiverse, 
and a bunch of other aspects to the point where you can't just do a streamlined fucking, you know, movie based upon the books. It's not as simple, right? Because if you try to do comic books based on, you know, the comics that they were literally written from, like, if you try to do it that way, and then you start running into the multiverse problem, like, it's gonna make no sense, and things are gonna always get undone, and then redone, and then reworked, and it just, it wouldn't work, right? So making up your own story with the characters makes sense. But in terms of something like a leader or whatever... Um, you know, like, a, a book to movie, you know, sort of thing, um, you know, it, it, it works well to just do it with maybe, you know, the way that it's written, but with some minor changes. World War Z is a great example of a pretty good zombies movie, but the only thing it had in common with the book is the name, for the most part. Outside of, like, some of the things they mentioned in the movie and going around the world, outside of that, World War Z has nothing to do with the book at all. I love the book and I love the movie for two completely different reasons, and really they could have named that movie anything else other than World War Z and it would have still been a pretty fucking good zombies movie, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So yeah, um, but for the Alita sequel, if they ever do create one... I can kind of have an understanding of where they're going. Obviously, they're going with her becoming a motorball champion, but at the same time, it's also a little complicated because with the whole Desi Nova situation and her being an armed soldier, it starts to make me wonder like what other things they're trying to add to the story that they're making up, you know? So... That's just kind of where I have it. You know, that's that's how I'm looking at it. I'm just... I'm like, you know, I, I really want a sequel, but... Fucking Disney, man. I doubt that they're going to greenlight a sequel for that movie. If if we're lucky, we'll probably get a Disney Plus series. Probably they'll do some stupid animated shit. Which, in my opinion, is... No, let's, let's not. Let's not fucking do it animated. Let's just make a live-action movie, you know? But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you all today. I hope you all enjoyed. And, um, I will keep you guys updated on the whole merch situation. Like I said, it's going to take me a little bit of time so I can buy the license to my artwork. And then we'll figure out the merch shit, you know. But until then, till the next update, the next podcast, see you all then.